0: Welcome to another edition of Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime with me, Marshan Kenny. On this episode, we've got baseball coming up this weekend. So we've got a great interview, a fun interview with head Southern Miss baseball coach Scott Berry. And we've also got a good story coming from all time Southern Miss hits leader, former baseball player for Southern Miss Trey. Sutton. I think you're going to definitely enjoy those. So last time I gave a hot take on something uh, that I was feeling a little bit passionate about, and, and here we're going to go again too with this part of the show that we call Mars Rants. So let's go back to men's basketball once again. I got to be honest, heading into that basketball game on Thursday, February 9th against the Raging Cajuns, I knew it would be a big atmosphere. I knew it would be a, a rowdy crowd, a rowdy time, but Part of me had some questions. Can we actually sell this out? Can we actually make this a huge event? And well, I'll tell you what, right when I got to the women's game, which was prior, you could already feel the energy already in the atmosphere as the fans started coming in. And then uh, as the, the women's game wrapped up, getting into the men's game with warmups, you could just see the crowd starting to fall in. You could feel the energy in the air. And sure enough, by tip-off, I looked around the atmosphere. I looked next to my wife and some people that were with me, and I said, wow, we did it. You know, we actually have a sellout, and and kudos to the team for the way they played. Kudos to that student section that was so rowdy, and big-time kudos to the whole night that everybody put together. It's going to be something, once again, we'll all be talking about years from from now, the time that we rocked Reed Green Coliseum on Thursday, February 9th. And also, I do want to give a shout-out to the men's basketball team Uh, My wife and I stayed after, and about 40 minutes after the game, we noticed that the players were still kind of hanging out 30 to 40 minutes after, still signing autographs, high-fiving, giving hugs. And I tell you what, things like that, uh, that's what makes Southern Miss so special and and why people do love being a part of it. It's just a fun, fun, cool setting that you just can't get at a lot of other places. So Once again, thank you very much, Southern Miss Men's Basketball, for all all you're doing, putting all the smiles on our faces this year. So I said we would have a lot of interviews this year, and uh, that's a big part of the show. And and with baseball coming up this weekend, I felt the timing was perfect to have my next interview. It's a man who has grown the Southern Miss baseball game, uh, his leadership taking it to new heights, new levels. Uh, hosted the Super Regionals last year, beat LSU in a regional on-site, which was massive, uh, and expectations are very high this year. So with all that said, let's bring in the Southern Miss head baseball coach, the man, Scott Berry. All right, everybody, we're here with the legendary Southern Miss baseball coach, Scott Berry, and uh, what an honor that is for me. Uh, his 14th season here. Uh, he's the all-time winningest coach in Southern Miss baseball history. And just this stat I can't get enough of, there's only two teams in America with six straight 40-win seasons, and Southern Miss is one of them. Um, and, and, Coach, is real quick funny story, too. My son, in his room, he's got a signed picture of you, an autographed picture, man, that you gave to him. Nothing of me in his room, but he's got you up there, man. So,
1: <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I'm I'm honored that that I'm in in that room and and was able to meet Max that day. That was a great day. I appreciate you bringing him by on that practice before before the football game.
0: Heck yeah, it was an honor for us, man. He wanted to meet his favorite player too, Gabe Montenegro, that day. So that was cool. Uh, we, real quick before we get in a lot of meat and gravy, you were just telling me about an Emmy you got on your shelf back there and you beat out Michael Jordan for it. Tell me about that, man. <laughs>
1: Well, you know that happened back in 2013. Uh, Fox Sports South uh, wanted to do a a show where they just basically highlighted Southern Miss baseball for the day, and and they actually showed up at my house at seven o'clock that morning, rode with me to work as I dropped my my daughter off, Kitty Grace, at her school, and uh, and stayed with me the the whole day and uh, all the way to the very end. It was a great game. I think we ended up winning that game in 12 or 13 innings against Central Florida on a Friday night. Andrew Pierce just pitched a phenomenal game for us, but it was a walk-off. You couldn't have made it any better for, for, for that situation. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, probably about four or five months later, this Emmy shows up, and it's it's actually the Emmy that's right back here.
0: That's awesome. Uh, shows
1: up, <laughs> and, uh, you know, as the story goes, uh, we beat out Michael Jordan. Apparently, they had, wow. had done a, a, uh, something with him on behind the scenes of the Hornet draft, Charlotte Hornets draft, when he owned the Charlotte Hornets. And it went us and them, and we uh, we edged him out. So, uh, you know, we have one thing that we can hold on to here at Southern Miss is that we <laughs> edged out Michael Jordan,
0: it which a lot of people has
1: not, ha- have not had the uh, opportunity to do.
0: Man, that's cool. You got all these accolades and you got an Emmy now too, coach. That's awesome, man. Uh, And and your story, I love it on how you got the Southern Miss. So I kind of want to do a little backdrop here. So you're from Neosha, Missouri. I'm pronouncing that correctly, correct? Neosha. Mm -hmm. No show. No show Missouri. And um, so with that said, you find baseball at a young age, more or less. So what attracted you to baseball so much?
1: Well, you know, truth be known, Marshawn, uh, baseball was my least favorite of the three. I played all three sports oh, okay. in the fact of football, basketball, and baseball okay. in that order as okay. uh, as as you play them each year. So I actually signed a football scholarship out of high school, but I opted to go play uh, baseball instead in, in, in junior college. But truth be known, my favorite sport to play was basketball. I loved basketball. Okay, you teach them here. From the Midwest. You know, back then it seemed like it was much colder than what it is today. So you grew up a lot in a gymnasium. And, uh, unfortunately, that gymnasium also shared you getting ready for baseball after basketball was over. But uh, I went to a junior college, Crowder College, in in Missouri there in my hometown in Neosho. Played, transferred to Nickel State, that was in 1982, suffered a back injury that, uh, that that kept me from playing baseball anymore, and really just moved me into the coaching side of, of the sport. I, I finished my, my undergraduate degree and my graduate degrees at Southwest Missouri State, which is now Missouri State University. And then in 1990, uh, I met Coach Corky Palmer at the ABCA convention in Nashville, I was 28 years old. Um, first time I'd ever met him. He was with Coach Denson at the time, and and we all had dinner. And I just fell in love with him. Six months later, you know, I'm really kind of at the end of, of of my road of where I'm going with with coaching. I didn't think it was going to be possible anymore. And and he offered me a job at Meridian Community College, which I accepted. Worked with uh, Coach Palmer for six years. Ended up being at Meridian for ten. Met my wife there, Laura, uh, who's a Mississippi girl from Pearl. We had our first child there in Meridian, Garen. and then uh, ten years later in 2000, Coach Palmer gave me the opportunity to join him at South, or at the University of Southern Mississippi, which I didn't think twice about uh, and and jumped on that on that opportunity.
0: Yeah, getting into some of that backdrop with Southern Miss and Coach Corky Palmer. I mean, he's such a beloved was such a beloved figure here. Um, how was it working closely with Coach Palmer and the relationship you two developed? Uh, Man, some behind-the-scenes stories from Coach Corky Palmer, because I know they pop up quite a bit.
1: Well, you know, it was, honestly, it was a brother relationship. And you don't normally have that with an employer, an employee, and that's basically what I was. I was employed by him, although it came under the the uh, the umbrella of Meridian Community College and the junior college time and then Southern Miss here uh, when we moved down here. But ultimately, he was my boss. But we were partners in what we did. You know, we shared that that passion for, for the game of baseball. You know, I credit him with, with how I learned about coaching because he really had a short or a, a long leash, I should say, and let you coach. I mean, he wasn't a micromanager. You know, he he gave me the responsibility and accountability of what my role was as an assistant coach and, and let me go. And to this day, that's how I do my own staff. I think that it taught me well. It prepared me for, for the head coach position that I hold now. And, and I hope it does the same with, with others. But, man, I credit so many people with where I am today, but nobody could be credited more than, than Corky Palmer.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And, and, uh, I saw a good story, and you tell me if this is true or false. But uh, when you left Meridian to become the assistant under Coach Palmer, uh, I believe in 2001, you know, they said they'd match your pay. <laughs> but you chewed tobacco at that time. Am I Correct. And they said, oh, yeah. man, they give you all the tobacco you wanted if you came there also. So was it the tobacco, the to match pay, or was it working for Corky? Well, <laughs> well, 3 50 a bag back then.
1: <laughs> what sealed the deal was the tobacco. You know, at the God. time, of course, I haven't <laughs> chewed since 2007. I was able to drop... Drop it in 2007 after 35 years of, of chewing tobacco. I hate to admit that, but it did it did dominate my life unfortunately and and I was able to to uh, to move past it in 2007 and haven't had one since. but yeah, he said uh, you know he was adamant about getting me down here. We had so much success together at Meridian, and uh, we felt like we could do the same thing here at Southern miss. Uh, He said, I'll match your pay. Uh, I said, okay. He got it done. Mr. Giannini agreed to it. He called me back, said, what do you think? I kind of hem-hawed a little bit. He's like, gosh, dog it, boy, you told me if I matched it, you'd you'd come. What about if I give you all the free tobacco that you can (laughs) can chew? And I was like, really? You know, and at that time, I mean, a pouch of tobacco was like three bucks. Well, and, uh, you know, we both went through it pretty quick. And I was like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah, I'm serious. I got a guy that gives me free tobacco. You'll have free tobacco. And I was like, well, then I'm coming. So uh, that was the deal breaker uh, back then in 2000.
0: Oh, that's fantastic, man. And, yeah, you were doing Coach Palmer. Obviously, people know it was very uh, kind of a brother relationship y'all had real close. and. Man, it kind of culminated his, the end of his uh, head coaching career in 2009 at the College World Series. Man, some stories from that season behind the scenes because that's just legendary, you know, Southern Miss making CWS.
1: You know, we, I mean, honestly, people, they don't remember, we were not having a great season at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, we were kind of, you know, we were dropping some series there, and I'll never forget the day that he called me down uh, behind our dugout. He said, come on, I need to tell you something. We walked down there and, and uh, I said, what you got? He's like, this is it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, uh, I'm done. After this year, mm. I'm done. And I was like, are you serious? And he was like, I'm going to do everything I can to help you get this job. But, uh, you know, I I just feel like that my time has, has come to an end and, and I'm just I'm mm. wore out and everything else that, that happens when you make that decision. And I said, okay, well, then um, we, uh, we got hot in the conference tournament and made it mm-hmm. to the championship game to get beat. But still, we felt like we had done enough, and so did the NCAA committee that gave us an at-large bid. And then, honestly, Marshawn, we went to Georgia Tech. We won that regional. We went to Florida, which is always a tough place to play in Gainesville. We win that in two games to go to, to Omaha, which was our first and only trip to Omaha and what is always proving to be a very tough challenge for any team to get there at the end of the year. So it couldn't have been a better ending for, for Coach Palmer. Uh, I will tell you, uh, he did leave me with some pressure there, coming off retiring <laughs> after going to Omaha. And then, of course, when he left Meridian Community College, we had just finished runner-up in the national championship game. We'd lost 4-3 to three to uh, Northeast Texas State in the championship of the Division 1 NJCAA uh World Series. So, he left me with a high bar to try to try to meet. So, but I told him, you know, when we came back from from Omaha, I told him I said, "Coach, I want you to know and and I had been uh, elevated to the head coach position Mr. Giannini, Uh thankfully had had uh felt like I was the person that was ready for the job, and fortunately I did get it. And I did tell coach, I said, "You know, if you want to come back as the head coach, I want you to be the head coach. I said, you deserve it. Uh, they'll maybe pay you what you are deserved now, uh, what you should have been paid for a long time. But he declined. He said, I appreciate it, but uh, I've made my decision, and that's where I'm going to stand, and and it's yours, and I'll be there to support you. And exactly, that's exactly what he did up till the day he passed away last August.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And he impacted so many lives, and thank you for sharing the coach. Show. Porky Palmer stories. And you mentioned Meridian once again right there. Now, your current pitching coach, uh, assistant coach, Coach Ostrander, Coach Oz, uh, there's a story from back when you were coaching back then where he tried out for you. And uh, it didn't quite, you know, go up to par. And then he didn't make it for you. Can you tell that story, man? That's that's really neat. (laughs) Man, these stories, you've gotten out.
1: You've done your research on this. Uh, uh, I guess in 1992, I think it was – Christian Ostrander is who we're talking about. He's known as Coach Oz to, to those around here. He's my associate head coach, outstanding pitching coach, outstanding baseball guy, but more importantly, just outstanding person. And uh, something that, you know, we, we've we had a great track record of, I feel like, in in our staff here, and he meets all those. But back in 92, he was a young man that had had grown up in East Texas around Marshall, his dad had taken a job up in Syracuse, so he was actually graduated from Syracuse, New York, a high school up in there, but wanted to get back to the South and play baseball. And Mississippi was strong in the junior college baseball uh, circuit. So he came and actually worked out for us at, at Meridian. And uh, I just felt like, you know, that uh, where he checked all the boxes as, as the character, you know, his Uh, his personality everything that we're looking for might have been a little light on the mound what what we were looking for and honestly what we were capable of of getting at Meridian and uh, of course he loves to say that I that that he pulled me off a deer stand and I was upset that I had to come in from a hunting trip to watch him work out that's why I didn't offer him the (laughs) opportunity so I don't really remember all that but that's what he claims but You know what, Uh, very fortunate that our Mm paths crossed again. I stayed in touch with him. Obviously, he went to Mississippi Delta. We competed against uh, Coach Oz when he played there. He went on, had a great career at Delta State, where he also was a graduate assistant as well as an assistant, and then on to Arkansas State. So I have followed him through his career and stayed in touch with him. you know, he was at Jones Junior College for several years, did a f- fantastic job up there. And then, of course, went to Louisiana Tech. And then I pulled him from Louisiana Tech after a couple of years there to uh, to help us.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, his name pops up on lists all the time as a top assistant, top five assistant in America. So heck of a job right there. But I love that little story you two have and the history you have for sure. So you become the head coach in 2010. Up till now, I mean, you know, I've told the accolades, just one of only two teams with six straight 40 win seasons, which is absolutely incredible in America. But man, a lot of stories have been made through them. What, what's some that really stick out to you for over those 14 years? I mean, you've done a lot, man. The teams have done a lot. So, what, What's maybe something, a couple here and there you want to share with so well, you know,
1: there's so many. Probably, Marshawn. I, I tell you what. The thing that I look at is just uh, I'm starting my 14th year as a head coach, 23rd year here at, at Southern Miss, and just the blessings that that have been placed in 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 my life with the uh, with the young men that we've had in our program that we've helped. I hope develop not only as baseball players, but more importantly as as young men who will someday be fathers and who will be husbands and all those things that are going to impact everybody else, not just their immediate families, but those that they come in touch with their coworkers and, and how they choose to impact lives. And, you know, those, uh, you know, I don't know if there's any, just one story, uh, you know, that I can just come out and share. um, But there's, there, you can't go that many years without just a lot of good ones in there and just, the blessings that I've had to be in this position and uh, and be associated with the fine people of Southern Miss and uh, not only our players, but our fan base, our, our supporters and, and those that we come in contact as we travel around the United States playing other programs and meeting new people.
0: Oh, yeah, the pride in the baseball program. I mean, season ticket sales are going through the roof and what have you, the support you have. But with that said, brings a lot of colorful stories with the Southern Miss fans. Uh, what's your thoughts on that right field roost, man? That that's a wild little area, especially after that LSU win last year in 2022 in Hattiesburg, man. That's, that's a fun place to be. What what, what are the guys, your players, you guys talk about that right field roost?
1: Well, you know that's all Hill Denson. I mean, Hill is the one that had the vision of creating what we have today. I credit him with with everything that that we have. He built the foundation of of this facility at this location. Uh, from the pine trees on the right field side, he planted every one of those trees, and and he had a vision of what of what it was supposed to look like. You know, I don't think anybody back then probably believed what he was what he was trying to do. Of course, today you see it in in real time, and but the right field roost, uh, no no greater support than those people out there, the men and women, the children, the families. The generations that have grown up watching Southern Miss baseball—that are uh, that were young kids playing games down there behind the fence, throwing balls over the fence during the game—we having to stop the game. You know, it really doesn't bother me because I know people are having a good time. It's kind of like a baby crying in church. There's no better sound. You know, some people might find it annoying, but those that don't understand life. And they, they see it as something that's really, really beautiful and, and something that, uh, that we should all embrace. And I do with that too. Uh, but, you know, the right field roost, I know when the visiting pitcher is getting down there warmed up, Uh, One thing that we offer that no other facility really offers is we have multiple pitching coaches that offer advice from the right field roots to those visiting pitchers so uh, they're always on them. pitcher throws and hits that wall the next thing you know it wakes up that right field roost. you can hear them all the way over from our dugout. You know our our crowd out there, <laughs> you know, and uh, so and I yeah. look on there at the first base dugout, and every one of those kids and coaches look down there like, what just happened?
0: <laughs> so you know, we've got
1: we've got their heads on on swivels everywhere here at Pete Taylor Park.
0: Oh yeah, Pete Taylor Park, the Pete Taylor Magic Man. It, you know, it's got its own own thing, and and you speak of colorful fans, man. Do you ever hear that guy the the throw it in the dirt guy? Does he ever you know catch your no. ear?
1: <laughs> a very good friend of mine. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I, I I hear him all the time, and uh, do a lot of hunting with him. So he loves Southern Miss. He loves Southern Miss uh, baseball, and you know he just brings another another element to to game day atmosphere here at Southern Miss. That person would be Brad Baggett.
0: There you go. So throw it in the dirt, guy. But uh, speaking of last season, I mean, so much happened, man. And I I just got to ask you about one of my own personal favorite memories. In 2016, you know, we're hosting Rice for the Conference USA Baseball Championship. It's 3-1, to bottom of the ninth. And then one of the prettiest relay throws you'll ever see. And Chucky Richardson gets it, makes the tag. It was like the timing was just one of the most beautiful sports plays you'll ever see. Chucky throws the glove down. People go nuts, man. Can you talk about just that moment? Because the crowd just went ballistic on that one.
1: Yeah, you know, Storm Cooper, what was left out in that, Storm Cooper, who was one of our pinch hit guys. I mean, he's the guy. And he pinch hit there in the in the ninth, top of the ninth, and and delivered that that third run, RBI force, which was proved to be the winning run when it was all said and done. Rice was the home team there in in, in our facility. Uh, in that championship game, so we go to the bottom of the ninth and they get runners on. It's uh, first and second. And uh, you know, the tying run is is at at first base. Long single out into left center. Uh, Jake Sandlin, Nick's older brother, he cuts it off. And what's crazy is that there were four people that touched that ball. There were there was Jake that fielded it. There was Nick Dawson, our shortstop that that caught it from Jake. Nick throws it to Timmy Lynch, who's our first baseman, who then throws it to Chucky Robinson at the plate to uh, to get the last out of the game and the potential tying run who tried to score from first base. But, you know, perfectly executed relay. I tell people all the time, we never did it that good in practice, uh, to be honest <laughs> with you. And I really never have, have seen in all my years where – that first baseman that close to the catcher cut it off and relayed it there it was almost like the Derek Jeter play down the first baseline in that world series where he came out of nowhere cut it off and just shoveled it like a veer option to to the catcher but but Timmy was right there my first thought was that daggum Timmy he's always got to get himself involved in it so later i was talking to right. chucky and i said to chucky i said uh, i said what about timmy cutting that ball off. He's always got to be involved. And he's like, Coach, he said, I'm glad he cut it off because it was offline. I was like, really? And he said, oh, yeah. Well, what people don't understand, we were just talking about that play, Keller Bradford and myself yesterday, who's our player development and uh, director of operations. We were talking about that play yesterday at practice. And we're talking about how hard that throw is that Timmy had to Chuck, uh, Chucky, which wasn't a very – large distance at all you know everybody thinks that's an easy throw but you would much rather have a lot of real estate to make a throw where you could throw it hard than something close and you know like trying to throw a dart but Timmy being the baseball junkie that he is and just being the athlete uh, that 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 he is he made that throw perfect throw to Hmm. Chucky that was able to put that tag on of course you know we had 5,000 people that just erupted in the stands Hmm. and maybe the best walk-off defensive play that I've ever been involved with or have seen in, in in my life, honestly.
0: Wow, the amount of detail right there. And it's just one play, but it, it's beautiful. Anybody that's seen it, I've watched it a hundred times at least. You know,
1: And what's crazy, Marshawn, is that I would have people later email me, particularly little league coaches and really just coaches of all levels saying that's the best instructional uh, relay that they could show their team how to execute it. I mean, wow. I think they understood the perfection, the mechanics that went involved in into that play to make that play and execute that play to our to our success.
0: No doubt about it. And, um, you know, all these mechanics, all the skills you got to have in baseball and, you know, all the coaching what have you to get everything right. Um, I mean, baseball, a, a team, they're full of characters. Let's be honest, a lot of type A guys, a lot of A lot of fun-loving guys. How do you build chemistry? I mean, you're you're talking to maybe a coach listening to this too, uh, Mm -hmm. working on team chemistry. How, How do you recommend building chemistry in the team?
1: Well, I think it starts with leadership inside the locker room. You know, your upperclassmen who have been invested in your program and understand what it takes to to be successful and and the the unselfishness that people have to have. Maybe they went through it themselves. Maybe they were came in and a bit selfish. I think when you when you enter a new situation, you are. You know, you you enter that situation to be successful and and not getting the opportunity creates that wall that, that you're not going to be. But at the end of the day, uh, you have to understand what your role is and what you have to do to be prepared to, to help that team win. And certainly we talk uh, about it from the outside the locker room as, as coaches, but those guys on the inside have to live it. And 100%, that chemistry has to be built from inside that locker room. Uh, the earlier a team gets that chemistry, obviously the, the, the earlier they're going to have success. Last year was the earliest any team that I've been associated with was able to establish that chemistry, and it took us all the way to the end of the season, uh, forty-seven and nineteen. Our third regional that we've hosted, we we beat LSU with our backs against the wall. Uh, then obviously uh, we lose out our first super regional that we've ever hosted. Uh, we lost out to arguably the best team in the in the country at that time, Ole Miss, and they went on to prove it. So but if it, we, if we didn't have that chemistry Marshawn, we we wouldn't have been successful and i tell these guys at the beginning of the year the one thing that all eight teams have when they get to omaha is they have chemistry they have figured out their roles they've accepted their roles they've blocked out the voices outside the program uh, whether it be their family, whether it be their advisors, their their high school coach, their junior college coach, their travel coach, you know all saying, well, I don't know why they're not playing you you ought to be playing you know at some point you become the man and you become accountable for who you are and 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 what you're supposed to do and it's not riding the the voices of other people and I think once you're able to to get rid of those voices and and really commit to your team and your teammates and be accountable to them, then your chemistry will start developing and showing
0: up. And, Coach, getting into 2022 season, you brought that up again. I, I say Southern Miss baseball team beating LSU on campus uh, is the biggest on-campus win of big three sports ever. To me, it'd be like if uh, Southern Miss football beat Alabama in a playoff at the Rock. I, I mean, I really do consider that. But you did. you said you had an uphill fight. You know, you had to win three games. You had LSU on uh, on that Sunday, and then you had Kennesaw State the next day, and then you had to beat LSU again. Mm -hmm. The beginning of that gauntlet to to start LSU. You know what you got to do these three games. What's your mindset, man? Getting this team right for what's ahead. I mean, this is huge.
1: (laughs) Well, I think you know what you have to be able to do is is one thing that we preach here is always stay even keel this game and life is a is 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 a, a life and a game of ups and downs I mean we know that but to try to stay even keel and not ride that emotional roller coaster uh, that a lot of people do uh, and allow yourself to slow the game down and concentrate at the the task at hand and it's a one game by one game approach and when that game's over there's nothing you can do about it you have to focus on the next game not the next two games not the next three games or a week from now it has to be that next game and I think that's what that team did when we lost to Mm -hmm. to LSU on that Friday night after having a lead and you know everything looked like it was in our favor and then of course LSU came back to beat us You know, we were faced with an elimination game the next day against Kennesaw State, and we were done. In the ninth inning, people forget. In the ninth inning, Chris Sargent delivers a walk-off single to to move us into another game against LSU on Sunday night, and uh, obviously, LSU has to be beat twice. Uh, We lose. It's over, and we were able to beat them on, on that night, and then we came back on Monday and were able to win that championship game where winner moves on, loser goes home in front of a just an electric crowd, all those games. But man, that championship game on Monday, it was pretty, pretty darn impressive.
0: Yeah, I was out in the right field, Bruce, for that one, man, about lost, lost my mind. I'm a Louisiana guy, so that's a big deal here. Uh, going into this season, 2023, I mean, a lot of expectations now, Southern Mississippi, baseball's elite now. You are coaching, uh, you know, the, the bullseye's on you. Um, you lose a guy like Gabe Montenegro. You talk about chemistry. I mean, he was one of those leader-type guys, guys rallied around him, the fans, what have you. Uh, how do you overcome when you lose a, a, a kind of one of those uh, really recognized guys like Gabe?
1: Well, you just hope that the uh, the things that he has taught the people that are still here over his years, you know, Gabe was with us for six years, which COVID right. has produced that number. Never before had you ever heard six. It was always right. five at the most. <laughs> but, you know, he was he was here for six years and certainly held that leadoff spot for a long, long time up until his, his injury this past year. And we had to move him around a little bit uh, after he came back and moved Peto into that leadoff spot. But you know uh Gabe uh, he 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 taught us a lot as a player as as a person uh you know a great teammate worked hard his work ethic was off the chart people gravitated to that it was infectious to the rest of the team and certainly you hope that his his experience here with us proved to be experience for others as we move on and and certainly we have those guys in place in 2022 now we have to replace him. We have to replace uh, uh, Hunter Reggins, who uh, was one of our pitchers, uh, our, our weekend guys. Both of those guys, uh, you know, we lost a graduation. We lost some guys to the portal. We lost five guys to the draft, all five pitchers that could have come back. So, you know, wh- when it's all said and done, we have 19 returning and we have 18 new guys uh, that have joined our program. So we're kind of balanced between new and those uh, returning, and which which is a good balance, honestly, a 50-50 balance. Uh, but we've got outstanding leadership there that has returned that, you know, hopefully can uh, continue that leadership that we've seen over the past few years.
0: When you think about Southern Miss, just the whole environment, what have you, what, what keeps you excited just about Southern Miss? Is the fans, the tradition? I mean, what, what what's your favorite parts of Southern Miss, just everything?
1: Well, on the baseball side, I think it's the Expectations the things that we've been able to establish here you know i we talk a lot about tradition in in our in our program at southern miss there's a lot of teams out there that are trying to build tradition you know tradition is consistency it's being able to be that that constant player year in year out there's a lot of programs they might do, they might go to a regional one year and then you don't hear from them for four or five you know but we we've been to six straight regionals right now uh, the other streak that we had was nine straight regional. so yes, I feel like there's tradition here. And with that tradition, as we said, it becomes uh, apparent there's expectations from our fan base. They love postseason. Certainly what we were able to do last year with hosting a regional, hosting a super regional, has what's created that momentum into this year and has drove those season ticket sales up from a record setting year last year of 2800 to now we're at 3400 and still selling standing room only season tickets. So people love Southern Miss baseball. We've added some new things, obviously the LED lights, we hit a home run, you know, it's going to show you a light show, it's it's real fan friendly, the new video board that we can do multiple things with. We 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 got that late last year in April, so we just really tapped into what we can do. We didn't have much time, and hats off to our marketing guys and and girls that were able to to learn it quick. But you know, certainly we'll be able to move that forward in the game day experience for people and bring much more excitement to that atmosphere this year. So, you know, Southern Miss baseball. Uh, it's it's strong, but it's strong about it, it's strong because of the support that we have surrounding it, and all the fans in this community and the state of Mississippi. What a great baseball state that it is! Uh, you know, last year we saw 39 home games that we had. We had over 140,000 that saw baseball at Pete Taylor Park. It was 13th uh, largest, or the, we ranked 13th in in attendance, home attendance last year out of 304. Uh, Division one programs, that's pretty strong, I would say.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. It just seems like it's just growing and growing with, with Eagle Fever. And uh, not having a major league team in the state of Mississippi, I mean, does that really add to kind of the excitement of college baseball? I mean, you know, because it's just really, it's, it's unique in Mississippi.
1: Well, you're right. And, you know, all the and, – and there's several great programs at all levels. You know, we've got outstanding high school – teams here we've got that are feeder programs for us. We've got outstanding Junior college league in the state of Mississippi. Pearl River wins a national championship last year. Uh, Jones College won it a few years back, you know so so then you move into all different levels D3, D2, D1, NAI, they're all strong contenders around the country for championships. But you look at that state as a whole, 3 million or slightly less than 3 million people. And if you take our biggest three uh, schools, which is ourself, state, and Ole Miss, and and add up the total attendance and take the big three schools from any other state, let's say say, Texas, you take Texas, TCU, and Texas A&M, it's not even close who has the most attendance. It would be the state of Mississippi. People love their their baseball in the state of Mississippi, and it starts from the Little Leagues
0: and continues on up. Oh, no doubt about that. Coach, uh, you know, you got the support, no doubt about it, from the Southern Miss world. I mean, anything else you want to tell the fans or anything else you want to share with us just that, that no, we hadn't really you know, talked I think,
1: about? Hey, we've got tons of momentum here at Southern Miss. You know, Will Hall is doing an outstanding job, he and his staff, of of getting that football program where everybody wants it, you know, ended on that big bowl win that gives us momentum into next year. A lot of a lot of excitement in, in what he's doing. Coach Ladner and his staff and program having an, a phenomenal year in basketball. So is uh, Coach McNellis. Our volleyball team also uh, had an outstanding year. So there's a lot of positives about Southern Miss. We're under new leadership with Joe Paul, who's been here uh, you know, prior to, to this uh, appointment as our president for 42 years as, in all levels. But most importantly, as vice president of student affairs, he understands Southern Miss. I think it's the best time right now that's ever been for, for the University of Southern Miss and those that love it and embrace it.
0: Yeah, I keep saying online on social media, what have you, that it reminds me a little bit of 80s Eagle Fever. You know, that back then you couldn't really put a finger what was going on, but something's going on and it's pretty dang exciting. So, but uh, Coach Barry, I appreciate all your time today. You know, I think the world of you, like I said, the son's got a signed picture of you in his room up there, man. So,
1: well, Marcel, thank you. And, and thank you for spreading the love and the word of Southern Mist to everybody.
0: Yes, sir. Southern Mist to the top. To the top. I really enjoyed catching up with head Southern Miss baseball coach Scott Berry right there. He's such a fantastic man and a great leader of men for sure. So I said we'd have story portion uh, of this show from a familiar face. Last time it was Rod Davis, the, the one of the greatest to wear the black and gold on the football field. And now we'll keep it baseball theme with one of the greatest to ever wear the black and gold at Pete Taylor Park. And it comes from a man who's in the Southern Miss Athletics Hall of Fame. I was able to actually go to that event this year, so that was super cool. And he's also the all-time hit leader for Southern Miss baseball in history. So I'm bringing you a great
2: story from none other than Trey Sutton. Um, for me, I think my freshman year, we played Ole Miss at home. And, uh, you know, we we beat them on a walk-off home run by Bo Griffin in the bottom of the ninth. That was a, a a memory that I still think about a lot and have a radio call of that um, that I still run across and listen to sometimes and just think about and reminisce. I think also, um, you know, obviously the the Omaha trip in 2009 and watching that team and watching a lot of my friends be able to do that and and, uh, accomplish that. uh, I was able to go to the regional at Georgia Tech and the the uh, Super Regional at Florida, and we made the trip out to Omaha. And then, you know, this past year was so much fun, um, hosting a regional, our third regional in program history, uh, winning our first regional at home, and uh, and then hosting a Super Regional. Uh, so, you know, I have so many great memories of, of playing in front of such a great crowd every day out at, at Pete Taylor Park, and now, you know, being, older like i am uh, being able to be a part of that crowd and be a part uh, of the atmosphere there that that makes pete taylor park and southern so special
0: thank you so much for sending that awesome story into the show trey sutton and uh, like i said before i want a lot of fan interaction want a lot of comments constructive criticism of the show good or bad from you uh, and recently on twitter i asked a question. I said, what did you love most about that Southern Miss men's basketball game on February 9th? The one with the raging Cajuns of the Golden Eagles had a lot of comments come in. And like I always say, I wish I could get to them all, but I got to some and it's going to be in a segment we're going to call for and out. And first up, what they love most about the Southern Miss men's basketball game, it comes from the Twitter page, Just Hope both teams have fun. And that page said, Hase turning it on in the second half. Alvarez having his best game of the year. Mo with some clutch D, AC doing AC things. Pink staying on fire. Cardano's constant energy. The players feeding off the crowd. Too many faves. Not enough Twitter characters. Hashtag SMTTT. Great comments from the Twitter page. Just hope both teams have fun. Next up, Marie Willoughby said, just before halftime, when we were 10 points down and began to cut the deficit and the fans became so energetic, spurring the momentum, you could feel the energy and the turning of the tide. Of course, seeing the team's success in front of a huge home crowd, so deserving. Great comments, Marie. The, the team and the fans were so deserving of a night like that. Next up comes from James Hutto, a big-time Southern Miss fan. James said, The steal and the amazing pass from Alvarez to Pinckney and his ensuing slam. It brought the house down, and and that slam dunk from Pinckney at the end of the game definitely brought the house down, almost knocked the roof off of Reed Green Coliseum. I've seen that play so many times right now. Uh, And finally, we've got a comment from legendary Mississippi High School uh, football coach Bobby Hall, and he says, simply put, The final score, and that's right. The final score really was the best part of it, uh, winning that game in front of a big crowd. So thanks for all the comments. Please please keep sending them in. And uh, that's it for this episode of Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed that. We'll bring another show uh, Tuesday, and every Tuesday after that we'll be coming for you strong. All I ask is for, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. We definitely uh, want this show to be around for a long time to bring you a lot of good content. And if you're listening to this on Apple or or Spotify, what have you, please uh, hit that like like, or subscribe as well over there. And uh, and spread the word, too, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, If you see the guests from this show, tell them good job. If you see the people telling the stories, tell them good job also. So until next time, for anyone, anywhere, anytime, as always, It's Southern Miss to the top. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave a comment. Join us next Tuesday when I talk to Southern Miss head football coach Will Hall and legendary Mississippi high school football coach Bobby Hall.